Welcome to the Off the Road Again podcast. My name is Chris. My name is Ross. Uh, and this is our podcast about anything and everything off road, trucks, four by fours, rally cars, anything that goes sideways in dirt. Uh, and we have a very interesting episode for you tonight. We on an Aussie four wheel drive video that we saw a while ago and have basically wow. decided to pick our favorites at certain price points. And I'll say, we'll just give you an upfront that Ross basically rambled off things out of his head where I took, I had a little more free time. So I went and actually tried to find things that were for sale. So his probably make way more logical sense. And <laughs> mine are going to just be like, oh. why the fuck would you pick that? <laughs> logical sense and practical sense, because the practical sense is you actually found them. And I just spat them out of my brain from what I've seen in the past. And only, I, I would say there were maybe, I probably made like 20 selections throughout okay. our categories, which is, is kind of steep. That's, um, yeah, that's probably about what I have too. Maybe three of them are actually feasible for me to actually like pull the trigger on. Okay. Um, yeah, I think mine, well, there's one category where I could mortgage a house for less, but otherwise they're all reasonably attainable in, uh, at some point in, in our lives. Probably. But first, let's start with something that's not attainable for us yet. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, so Toyota was very kind to me and lent me the Land Cruiser Heritage Edition for the week spanning last Thursday to this past Thursday. So the Land Cruiser Heritage Edition is basically a trim package based on the Land Cruiser with some tailoring so that it's optimized for off-roading and overlanding. So the, there's only 1,200 Heritage Editions that they're building and selling, which is wild because the one I had was pre-production, but obviously saw that one. And I've seen two others in Stanford over the last like three weeks. So Greenwich, like... Well, one's parked at the dealership, like right near me, which is kind of weird. It's like not in a great area. Anyways, so the Heritage Edition gets bronze BBS wheels, matching bronze interior stitching. They turn all the chrome black. They get rid of the running boards and the lower trim so that it has higher ground clearance, at least on the sides. It has factory all-weather floor mats and then a Yakima roof rack. But the most noticeable thing in, in the practical side of things that I found was there's no third row seat and there's not even an optional third row seat in the Heritage, Heritage Edition. Let's say that 10 times fast. Um, <laughs> and it, it makes the cargo hold massive. Like you could easily store, you know, a full two weeks worth of stuff back there if you were doing a, a full overlanding trip or, you know, spare tire and another spare tire, and another spare tire if you're off-roading for a while. So it's got a ton of room in the back. So the problem kind of that I had in having this truck for a week was, first of all, it's quarantine. All of the off-road parks nearby are shut down. They're still shut down because it's not, you know, they're not essential businesses, which is really unfortunate because I feel badly for all the business owners of those parks who kind of live on their weekend to weekend entry fees. Yeah, absolutely. But because of what's going on, I 
I just didn't even have it in me to go run like some, you know, some light trails in a, a nearby state or anything because the outside 1% chance that something went wrong, I didn't want to be the guy that was responsible for like causing something to happen and having to be rescued and putting other people, you know, in close contact with me when I'm still going to work. So anyways, that's beside the point. So in place of that, my wife and I took a day trip up to our college town, which is about 80 miles each way. It's like 15 miles back road and then like, you know, 65 ish miles on the highway. So we got to stretch the truck's legs a little bit, which I was very curious about because I haven't had too much experience with the 5.7 V8 that's in, mm. in the truck and the eight-speed transmission. And the first thing I noticed is that the transmission is tuned almost identically to the five-speed in the fifth-gen 4Runner. Okay. Like, it's weird. The engine has two less, two more cylinders in the Land Cruiser, and it's got three more gears. But the way it behaves, if you're comfortable with a 4Runner, the step up to a Land Cruiser would make all the sense in the world just from a basic drivability standpoint. And it's the same thing in the steering and the same thing in the brakes. There's a bunch of nosedive because of how much travel the suspension has. And the steering in the Land Cruiser was surprisingly heavy, which was kind of nice probably great on the back roads on the back roads it was nice but even just like going around parking lots you know you get so used to these huge suvs and huge pickup trucks with like crazy over boosted steering to make like small maneuvers simpler and easier than they would be with heavy steering but it the heavy steering land cruiser actually gave it give like a sense of how big the truck is Mm -hmm. which it's 5800 pounds so it's it's heavy um yeah so i I wonder if that is a land cruiser characteristic because too my and this is we're talking about massive generation changes between my 80 series all the way up to 100 series Mm -hmm. to the 200 my 80 series steering is i've always referenced it as it's a little heavier it's on the heavier side as Mm -hmm. as trucks go but i freaking love how heavy it is yeah it it makes you feel more connected to it which i know is like a cliche kind of thing to say but in the forerunner you just there's nothing you can turn the wheel with one finger and like not even move your elbow to do it right you actually got to put like a tiny bit of heft into it which is it's a nice variation especially from like all a lot of the other big full-size suvs where it's it's mindlessness it's like it almost like the steering feel is it's it's like it's the same as the weight of the vehicle. Like it yeah, when you're in those portion. trucks and it's so lo- soft, you're like mm-hmm. the Sequoia steering is soft. Mm-hmm. Like that truck is maybe 500 pounds heavier than a Land Cruiser. Like mm-hmm. it's but the steering is so much softer that you're like on the highway, like not that big a deal. Like it's just right. It's speed just it doesn't matter that much. Yeah. It's, fine uh but the land cruise i love the 80 series steering feel mm-hmm. I, i've always thought that like mine was messed up and that's why it was so heavy <laughs> like, it was, like the I, booster was shot or something yeah but like i really it it feels great i'm probably gonna i need to go drive it soon <laughs> yeah well so it, it's interesting though because it kind of has this you know it, it's proportional and it makes you Driving the Land Cruiser is more involved than driving like a similar, similarly priced luxury normal 
SUV or crossover. So the that you it has that extra bit of like involvement through the steering is it's different and it it kind of makes it stand out. And it's ridiculous that we're talking about steering on a you know a nearly three ton SUV. How do you that, how do you like it in the parking lots? Like, does it have the variable the gearing? Um, so like, it's not like seventeen turns lock to lock to like try to to get into no. a parking spot kind of thing no, or I try to get out. Truthfully, I didn't pay too much attention to that. To that, I was shocked by how good the turning radius was. Right. Um, and also the, you know, modern cars, the design that keeps coming more and more to the forefront is designers raising the belt line, like the the bottom of the door sill line, so that it, you know, shrinks the greenhouse and it makes it look more like a concept car. And the Land Cruiser's window line is so low. That even yeah. just going around a parking lot, you can just like look everywhere and see where everything is, and and that was well, like great. It's the two hundred series, right? So it's mm-hmm. at 06 when those started. Um, I think it is. Maybe I want to say it's, it's, uh, Not yeah, one second. Sure. Um, I also had to look up, like, you said an 8-speed transmission. I was like, man, does the Sequoia have a 6-speed? Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, so the 8-speed is good. It, it, you know, it's a press vehicle, and it, I'm sure it was not treated the best from the first mile. But it, it upshifted, like, super smooth. You know, you forget in the age of, like, super fast-shifting transmissions how smooth, like, a normal torque converter transmission is. Right. And kind of refreshing and like it's just a big torquey V8. So I kind of want to touch on a bunch of bunch of things here. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where to go. So so on the highway. So we took the highway up to the to our college town and it, on the highway, it's it just cruises like, you know, it, it, you don't even you have to pay attention, obviously, because there's the center of gravity is fairly high and it's a lot of weight to be moving around in a crosswind but it just kind of like cruises you can set the cruise control and it it just doesn't notice bumps in the highway it doesn't notice hills it it downshifts and just goes like it's deceptively smooth and not fast but good at maintaining pace because it's it's so insulating and quiet except for the roof rack Except for the roof rack. Except for the roof rack. And well, I'll talk. Go ahead. Well, when you were talking about like uh, in crosswinds, I, I I thought of the roof rack because the Sequoia is similar size, but in a crosswind, like it's not that big a deal. But like if I had a, how tall is that roof rack? Six to eight inches of. It stands up quite a bit. Yeah, but if I had that on top, that's like a mini sail. It's not even crosswinds. Like I had driven it back and forth to work, which is just city driving a few times before we got it up on the highway. And when we got on the highway at like, I think I was, I crossed like 48 miles per hour. And I, I looked at my wife in the passenger seat and was like, okay, your so window the window open. <laughs> yeah. And I looked at the sunroof because we had the shade open and I, I kind of like shook my head and I closed the shade and you can still hear it over everything else. And it, wow. it's still at like 70 it's loud enough that it intrudes on conversation, which broad sweeping statement is my biggest gripe about the Heritage Edition package because it's like a $500 rack 
on top of a $90,000 truck. You know, the, and, the sticker and, price is... And it's a $75 wind deflector away from being better. Yeah, they... Like on my Forerunner, the roof rack on my fourth gen Forerunner stuck up just as much, but it had that little windshield where the front of the rack met the sloping of the windshield, and it just deflects the wind over it, so it doesn't have that second line of resistance, and it just creates so much noise, and it's such a like, you know, a, a little nuance on a, what was otherwise like. The truck is silent at speed. There's no noise whatsoever. And then there's just this horrible rushing from above your head that's always there. I wonder uh, how many people, if they actually purchase this, pull the roof rack. I would bet a lot. Like I tried, I jumped up there at one point just to see, and it was locked on. I'm, I'm sure when you buy the truck, they provide like the Yakima, you know, the, lock, the key that goes with the lock so you can move it. And this just wasn't. It wasn't just the press vehicle that had it locked on so it couldn't get stolen or anything. But the first thing I would do if I bought the truck was take, would be take the roof rack off. And it's it's also ridiculous because the point of a no third row seat is so you have all that storage. <laughs> and then they put this thing up top that just undoes so much of what is great about the truck. So I, I don't want to talk too much about that, but that's my one huge gripe well, and with with the truck. It That 5.7 that amount of cargo space in the back if you wanted to do a slim off-road trailer mm -hmm. you would have even more space and yet no wind noise and oh, f57 yeah. would be able to pull it like it was absolutely nothing back there kind of absolutely thing. or so. fold the backs you know the, the back seats don't fold the second row seats don't fold flat you could just unless if you're carrying other people or something right. that has to go to seat you just take those seats out it sounds so. like toyota just needs to to accessorize the next special edition yeah i i think <laughs> I, like the rack could just be a dealer add-on accessory okay and i think that could totally just you know or do it do something stupid like dodge has done with the dollar seat you know get like package it as like a you get the rack and you get like something like a bike setup or a ski setup or something packaged in together for an extra 500 bucks instead of just throwing it on the roof and calling it is the the one that's at the dealer near you does it have the rack too oh yeah and it sticks up above everything else that is parked nearby like two feet <laughs> it's hysterical it's like there's like a bunch of tacomas and a bunch of uh tundras and then they just like boop, roof rack so i'll take some pictures i'll go over there tomorrow and take some pictures of that truck so anyway so we went up to the college town and we poked around a little bit we tried to go hiking again and in the process, so the, the hiking spots are up in the mountains and you can get there a number of ways. And the main way is paved, but then you can take some back roads and those are dirt. They're unpaved. They're like lightly maintained. They grade them, but they're dirt, you know, they're dirt. The gravel and, road. Yeah. And you can, it was crazy because I've run those roads in, I think every four by four I've owned and right. also like the Miata on snow tires, you know, and the Challenger on snow tires and the Land Cruiser at like 35 or 40 miles per hour on a dirt unpaved road. Didn't even know that it was a dirt, like an unpaved road, just yeah. completely like eliminated even tiny, like even the biggest of bumps and everything and like little washouts. And it was, you know, it was kind of a test 
because you climb into this thing and the the first thing that I, I was like, holy shit, the build quality is amazing. Like everything is screwed down like probably better than any other vehicle I've been in. There's no rattles. Nothing. So and even just cruising over a dirt road at like 40 miles per hour, it was completely silent. Like a hundred percent totally silent. You know what that and also tells me? What's that? Is that that it is a test vehicle, so you haven't collected a bunch of change. Yeah. Because that's always true. I was like, what is that rattle? Oh, it's the quarters or the dime, like whatever, yeah. whatever I have just laying around <laughs> in the spot. That... Yeah. Well, it was, yeah, it was silent and it was pretty great. And then, uh, and then the hiking spots were completely packed again with overflow signs and no parking signs. So we basically did an about face and drove home. <laughs> so yeah. it was a, not a waste of a trip, but it was, a, you know, it was a, it was a nice enough day to get out and just drive around with the, uh, with the sunroof open when it was low enough speeds to not hear the roof rack. And the other thing, and we, you know, you commented on something on Facebook about this, but the split tailgate is I love it. amazing. It's like, the best. It's the best feature. It's, it's great. Like, so the forerunner, you know, the forerunner's party trick is still that the back window rolls down, mm-hmm. but having Boy that. Do too. Oh, does it? Oh, I didn't yeah. realize that. I freaking, I, I'll tell you a short story later about it, but yeah. Okay. So no, so the, the split tailgate, you know, we, when we got to the college, to our college town, we, I was starving. It was like three o'clock. We hadn't eaten lunch. So we picked up food from one of our still existing, like favorite places that's still there somehow. And we just like parked somewhere, dropped the tailgate and just like sat and had a makeshift picnic. picnic. Yeah, it was great. Oh my god, it was it's so convenient. And it's the amount of space back there's wild. It's it's freaking crazy. I I can't imagine it. like because every iteration for me of that truck needs the third row because of family situation. Obviously, yeah. But like not to be able to look at that truck and go, "Yeah, I don't need the third row. Like it's fine. Mm-hmm. Just lay, like leave it out." Yeah. It's a shit right. ton of room then. If you only need it, it for five people. Right. I mean, two people could easily put an airbed in the back. And there's a plug, so you could plug it in and just blow it up. Or uh, like a single person could, you know, fold one of the seats and then yeah. put like a single airbed and and have far and beyond enough space without the roof rack to go on like a month-long trip without having second thoughts. Yeah. I So two, two of my more favorite camping trips one was solo and i pulled the right rear seat out i just unbolted it out and had a wooden platform I created over the footwell nice. so it created like a flat space and i just i just slept in the back of the truck I had yeah the cooler on the other side didn't take out the other rear passage just had the cooler in the trunk camp stove stuff like that was on the other side and i slept in the truck and then uh a year later did the uh, another camping trip with my oldest, took out both rear seats, mm-hmm. and then left my left the footwell side for me. He wasn't as tall, so he didn't need all that space. Nice. <laughs> but what I did figure out when I when I went with him is I had been sleeping the wrong way before. Mm-hmm. I had my head towards the front, and yeah. as old as those springs were, there was a rake, and so like my head was down. Right. But when I when I camped with him, I put my head at the rear of the truck, and all yeah. of a sudden I slept a thousand times better. Like <laughs> nice. Oh, the blood didn't rush to my head. But yeah, sleeping. I yep. freaking love sleeping in the back of the truck. Oh, there's 
it's yeah, you could easily camp out of it for an extended period of time without thinking twice. Um, that said, I have like a few other little tiny quibbles with the truck. Um, the navigation and the screen are huge. It's like, you know, the size of like a dinner plate, but okay. the resolution isn't spectacular for a $90,000 truck. Um, and I, I went like three quarters of a tank of gas on just over 200 miles, maybe like 220 miles, which is okay. probably like 12 miles per gallon, maybe 13, you know, and it was a fair amount of city driving, like just commuting. But Did it have the, the distance to empty like range thing in it? Yes. And it was scary. <laughs> when, when, when you started with it, what did it say? Because they give it to you. Oh. Um, say, like, was it over three? I can't remember. I'll, I'll have to go back through the pictures at some point. Let's see if I can pull it up real quick. It, it wasn't, wasn't great. It, it wasn't a lot. Um, eight speed, not an eight speed. But I, I, my range every time I fill it. Only like three fourteen to three twenty five kind of thing. Okay. Um, Which, if you're getting two twenty on three quarters of the tank, you. Um, and I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't check tire pressure. I didn't drive yeah. in a manner in which I was focusing on gas mileage. Like, no, no, not at all. You, we when, when you're driving a truck that big, you're not worried about gas mileage. Right. Like, we, you know, and we did run like 150 160 highway miles at at 70 75 miles per hour with uphill downhill and a fair amount of wind and but, the roof rack and the, and the roof rack and i did commute in it but so uh, we had discussed last week the bowman scale of apocalypse vehicle that the range on this thing is the single downfall for the perfect apocalypse vehicle because it's you know you could probably drive this thing a couple hundred thousand miles and just change the oil and and maybe do brake pads and it You're would definitely otherwise gonna be doing brake pads. <laughs> yeah, but, but otherwise it would it would be completely headache free, you know, and it's got all the room in the world and it can basically go anywhere you point it. All it could use some better tires, but there was on it. Um a, a fairly street focused uh <laughs> not even really like a full all-terrain okay. um dunlop at23 grand tracks okay grand track grand track which you know you put ko2s on it and like some rock sliders and skids and it could you point it anywhere and it, it only thing that'll stop it is the roof rack getting hung up on a tree <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah no but honestly like at first, so I got into it the first day when they dropped it off, and I was like, okay, I don't really entirely get it. And then as I drove it more and more and kind of spent more time in it and took it down that section of dirt roads and then actually like lived with it for a week, I completely get it. Yep. And the few little things that I have that I didn't love about it the normal person who goes in and buys one of these probably won't care about them in the first place. And realistically, like there's probably not another $90,000 vehicle that will run as long problem free and 
you know, go as many places as this will. So, I mean, it, all in all, it's a, it's a pretty killer truck. It uh, it really got me thinking about what happens next because I think this is like swan song for for the two hundred. Yeah, so. this, we I think we discussed the possibility of the three hundred series a little bit ago, mm-hmm. like twin yeah. twin turbo hybrid turbo six, yeah. yeah. Which it, I think it would just, I'm sure it could work. I'm sure they can make it work. But I feel like the character of this thing is just like, it's laid back. It doesn't feel overtaxed or overstressed. It just goes about its business. And like, it could not care less about what you do. And it's just going to keep going. Yeah. So. They do They do have a soccer mom element to them, which kind of stinks. Like. When, yeah. I, when I when I see a 200 series around, which isn't that often, but like when I finally see one, like I feel like it's always a mom. Like, <laughs> but when I see like a a built hundred or a, a built eighty, like it's always a dude. But like, right, right. I think they're in different socioeconomic classes. <laughs> Same. Yeah, I do too. And the, just seeing a normal 200, like a newish one with all the chrome on the front, it kind of just looks like a normal SUV. Yeah. You know, it kind of looks like. Like the um, prior generation Highlander, like with the big D pillar. Yeah, but it's a little more bulbous kind of thing. But then you get in and you look down, and it's got like you know a center locking diff and low range and everything. And like, oh, okay, this is this isn't a normal SUV like a yeah. crossover. And like, I think the normal person, if they went and drove a Highlander, and drove, you know, anything else in that class or like a Lexus RX or something even, and then went and drove this, they'd get, they'd walk out because it's completely, it's a truck. It feels like a truck. It drives like a truck. You know how it is. Yeah. You live with one. I don't have to tell you, but oh, I, love I mean, it. that's, that's really what makes it great. And that's what justifies the $90,000 price is it's, you know, it's kind of, it's really kind of like in a class of its own. Which so. is why, on Sam's picture that she posted with sitting on the tailgate, I was like, older models are available. <laughs> I know. I know. And then, you know, I immediately am on like expo looking at used ones or I hate mud. Oh but, yeah. So yeah, I uh, land week with a land cruiser and it, it's in my blood. Now I, I get it. Yeah. They're so much fun. It's not even funny. Yep. Um, which I'll, I'll, Go into my little update on my Land Cruiser Great segue. right now. Yeah, right into the land yacht segue. Yeah, uh, I got in got in the truck the other night to run a quick errand, uh, grabbing grabbing some food. It was late. We needed to eat something, and nobody had the energy to make anything right now. And uh, when there is a bulb out on the back of the truck, my instrument lights don't light up when you turn the headlights on. I turn the headlights on, and nothing lit up. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so the the taillight issue is back. Brake lights still light up just fine, but okay, the taillights and the good. side markers don't don't light up right now. When you are you using hand signals? Uh, the turn turn signals still. Oh, work. turn signals still work. Yeah, <laughs> the the, the <laughs> red side markers and the brake and yeah. the taillights don't work, but brake okay. lights and turn signals still work. Um, so I'm I'm assuming it's a loose connector somewhere because the issue was there, it completely went away and worked fine for a month and is now reared its ugly head again and i didn't do anything to address it in the meantime so i'm assuming something is just wiggled in the wrong so probably you probably um, like hit a bottle and it bounced together and then hit a bump and it bounced out 
Exactly. And we have spent um, most of our stay home order uh, painting or uh, doing some home improvement projects. Like I trimmed tree branches, I painted a lot of stuff, painted fireplaces, rooms. Mm -hmm. uh, and the most recent one, I've been, uh, we had a pergola on our back porch that I've ripped all of the rotted boards off and the top boards and then put new boards to hold it all up. And I'm putting uh, some polycarbonate like sheeting over the top to nice. create not just some shade, but a, uh, a roof back there. Ah. And when I'm done with that, I know I have a couple more home improvement items to do, but I have a bed liner material to put on the top of the Land Cruiser. Awesome. Black so, or going to do like army green or something. It is white. Good, good, is, good, good. It is throwback two-tone FJ. Hell yeah. Um, I sent, uh, so uh, the company's not buying ad space, but uh, if you go on I Hate Mud and look up a uh, bed liner for mm -hmm. Cruisers, just about everybody talks about it. Okay. Um, and so I basically asked them about a sp uh, like a, a Toyota paint code for white, which is Cygnus White. And the guy's like, awesome. this is what we have. That is the close to that. So I was like, perfect. So oh, it, that's it'll basically awesome. come down to the windshield, go to the drip rail, and go to the mm -hmm. back. I haven't decided if I'm going to let it come down onto the tailgate uh, or mm -hmm. the lift gate in the back or not, or just keep it farther up. I've seen it done both ways. And I just haven't decided which one I like mm -hmm. yet. Probably go with like bringing it down. Well, and the thing is, you can always just do the first section, and then if you decide you want to do the second section, you can just do that. Yeah. Also, uh, you should do the wheels. Paint the wheels white. Oh, no. If I paint the wheels, they're going bronze. That would my look fucking awesome. Oh, my, my God. White roof, bronze wheels. Yeah. Hell, yeah. Green oh truck. My God. <laughs> or, Dude, uh, that's like... Emerald, pearl, or emerald... Jade Pearl or Emerald Pearl, whatever That's it is. That's like the freaking holy trinity of paint colors for an off-road vehicle. I know. I kind of have everything there. I That would look so good. That's not even... Uh, a, what's the company? It's uh, Stealth Custom Wheels, I think. They make SES. bronze. Yeah. yeah. The SES. They make um, bronze five spokes. I think they're called yeah. F5s. Yep. That are literally the same bolt pattern and offset. Like they would mm -hmm. just replace the wheels I have. All the Tacoma guys and Forerunner guys are running them. Exactly. And there's some guys that, some 80s with that have them on, but like, that's $1,000. <laughs> yeah, but they're, I mean, they're pretty much, they have like the big reputation right now for being like light, strong, and affordable. Yeah. And they're like, sold out. Um, all constantly sold out. There's a, a thread on Tacoma World that's got to be hundreds of pages long of people like waiting for releases. Um, yeah. Yeah, they the first one I ever saw was the F5, and I think that is my favorite off-road wheel. It's so good. Well, I like five spokes because that's what I have. Yeah, I have five, five spokes. spokes on my really like, I don't need I, more. I wish these guys or girl or women. Um, I wish they did car wheels. I would love to put something like that on the Miata. Right. Well, you're stuck in like 1552 world or BBS then. Hmm. Fancy ones. 1552s are like the same amount per wheel as I want to spend on a set of four. Right. So. Well, they, they have the wheel that I would also, if I didn't go with the F5s, I want their analog. Mm. It's like a... It's the like HD? A, no, not that. Is it the Turbo Mac? Is that what Jeff has? Turbo Mac HD, yeah. 
Yeah, he he's got those on the Montero, but they're the uh, they're like a steel wheel replicant, but not. It's, yes. I think they just call them analog. Yes, um, I just saw those on a fifth gen Forerunner, and they look killer. Right. See, yeah. uh, to me, some of them would look really good on the eighty series too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. So here we are talking about wheels. <laughs> I can't I know. Oh God, seriously, the wheel so, analog HD. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good. Those wheels are very good. I, mean, I think Jeff has the Turbo Max. Is that right? I think he has Turbo Max HDs. Yeah. yeah that's pretty sweet too. I like. Yeah. Those. They make oh, those in bronze too. They make all of them in bronze. It's just it's it's so much money to spend on wheels. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Anyways, so I brief Miata update. I have honed in on the trailer hitch that I'm going to be buying for the car. So that I can carry bikes and uh, and like a beach chair on the back kind of thing. Like <laughs> I'm gonna get one of those flat aluminum trays that go into a two inch receiver, yeah. so I can just bring beach chairs with me. Because otherwise, it's just not even a chance. Uh, so that's that. Got to order that, and that's all. That's I for- didn't know that we were discussing trailer hitches for the Miata. <laughs> oh yeah, it's been it's been in the consideration for a while. There's there's like four different hitches and they all vary only by like, you know, one minor, minor thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, they're actually pretty cool. They completely hide away. So you take the bumper off, they go into the existing frame, uh, not frame, uh, just like bumper beam brackets. Yeah. And then the bumper cover goes back on and they have a drop down with a 90 degree adapter that you mm-hmm. can put in from the bottom with, okay. without even putting the car on a lift. And then when you're not using it, you just take it out and you can't even see it. Huh. And the whole whole hitch is like 14 pounds. Wow. So it doesn't even really make like a big performance difference or anything. So, yeah, I think it'll be pretty if cool. Anything, you're just adding weight over your wheels that power the car. Like it's going yeah, to increase like, traction, if anything. Exactly. It's more like a 911 because more of the weight's going behind the rear wheels. So... <laughs> Yes, your, Miata, your Miata is like a 911 now. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the analogy we're coming away with tonight. <laughs> I mean, it has about as much power as a 19 like 60s 911. So probably like a 912e. <laughs> probably <laughs> like Brad's car. I think. Uh, well, his has been hopped up, but I think I think 912s are uh, known for how little power they have. <laughs> yeah, so is the Miata. So that's the update in Miata world. Other than I reached back out to Safelight, who was supposed to replace my windshield like what, three weeks ago or something. Yeah. And they said their first release of Miata windshields to be received is June 2nd. What? So I'm stuck with cracked windshield. That's less than a month away. <laughs> Dude, quarantine <laughs> time is so weird because we look at the calendar and it's like, oh, that's less than a month. And then you, you're like, Wait, that was a that was a month. Feels like it was a yeah. year ago. So. Thirty-seven years ago. That was. I got an email today from the youth baseball league that was like, "All right, we're gonna start practice this date, and we're gonna start games this date." And I was like, "These seems very arbitrary, and there's yeah. no thought process going into this." Like, <laughs> Somebody was like, "I'm just making it happen." Yeah, like while I do need to communicate with the parents on the team, like I don't know that we really need to be getting all of this kind of like. Seems like excess like sounds like somebody was bored and they just were like now we're gonna start this the eight days after the or no four days after the county lifts the stay home order i was like that Mm. could roll like yeah they could push that also that sounds like what formula one did they're like we're gonna have races 
and that that was it. Right. Every every track was like, yeah, we're we're not doing that. Not till hey, July. Go ahead. Yeah, like, yeah. You have stopping. your races. No spectators. It's fine. Throw them out there. Well, so, isn't isn't NASCAR supposed to be doing stuff in like two weeks? God, I mean, I'm biting my tongue because I don't want to go on a <laughs> semi-political tirade here. No, I so, get it. Let's go to our next topic, which is a really it's fun way more one. fun. Oh, it's so much more fun than NASCAR and politics. <laughs> yeah. So for, first of all, I will drop uh, the video into the show notes that kind of inspired this. It's a there's a, a YouTube page out of Australia called uh, it's four wheel drive action. So at four WD action uh, and they've they've started new episodes because they're stuck at home. So their hosts are normally are out in the middle of nowhere. Now they're both at their own <laughs> Uh, garages, which they refer to as the shed. Um, so the, the, it's called the shed. And their first episode was literally just going back and forth, picking uh, different four wheel drive vehicles based on price point. Mm-hmm. Wasn't um, correct me if I'm wrong, but four wheel drive action wasn't that a long standing off road magazine once upon a time? I think it was, and I think they've just gone full like digital. Just totally digital. Okay. Like, I, I don't know if there's that. We uh, we'll have to uh, ask Joel whether or not <laughs> there's still a print mag. Yeah, or not. seriously. So, um, so I enjoy the videos because it's a lot of the stuff that we never get to see, like sweet right. ass patrols and oh uh, yeah, seventy series double cabs, Pajeros and all that stuff. But it's like it, it's totally forbidden fruit because it's like oh yeah, I'd love like a Pajero Evo. Yeah. Those are getting close, I think, for they're, import. Yeah, they're getting close, but like, you're never gonna just walk down the street and see one like you would in Australia. Jeff does. Like he, I feel, well, I feel like he shares. lives in Southern California. That's <laughs> that's a different planet for cars. Yeah, I walk down the street and I'm happy when I see like a GTI with a stick. You know, <laughs> like the most freaking mundane car person thing ever. And here is like a big exciting thing. Anyways. So that video is definitely worth watching um, for the novelty of seeing what we can't have, at least well, right like, now. One of one of the choices they picked was a, a, a um, one guy is very much a Land Cruiser guy. The other guy tends to go more patrol. But the uh, one of them picked a 105 Land Cruiser. Okay. So oh, it's yeah. 100 series body, but with 80 series axles underneath it. So it's still the solid right. axle up front. Still the full float rear axle in the back, like, but it, it looks has 80 running gear. But well, but it's got I think it's got the 100 series V8, too. But the one he was talking about That's was, of cool. course, a turbo diesel. Yeah, because fuck. they have they have all the cooler stuff than us, yeah, right? Torment, yeah. More often, than not every one every price point they got to, like there was some different variation of sweet mm-hmm. diesel included. And I was like, well, sure. that's sad. That's a, that is sad. So, so the topic, I don't even, I don't know if we said it or not, but it's off-roaders at every normal person price point, sort of. Yeah. So, you know, the way you go about buying a used and new vehicle, like there's the $5,000 bracket, the $10,000 bracket, 25, 50 and a hundred. Generally, if you're buying a vehicle, you're looking under one of those caps. You don't go, okay, I have $13,000 in 27 cents you know you go okay yeah of course but (laughs) normally somebody goes i'm gonna spend five grand on something or i'm gonna spend 25 or you know i have a fifty thousand dollar limit and that's it and that's the maximum i can spend so 
in doing it. a little thought process here, I I went and uh, ended up finding an old Scott Brady article back from like 2012, and it was on Jalopnik for some reason. Um, and the things that he wrote as his main points for choosing an off-road vehicle are capability, capacity, durability, and reliability, which is kind of a nice add-on to the Bowman, you know, categories that we... range, reliability. Yeah, reliability. So in light of that, those do and don't play into every vehicle. And then there's also, you know, there's some like unknown factors here because you could buy a great off-roader and then take it somewhere where you just can't get parts. So we're completely neglecting things like that for this. Let the record well, show. Where, where before I, I said like you, you have used a lot of logic <laughs> in <laughs> your selections. Yeah. Where yeah. There were some of the selections for me were just like, Oh, that's in this price range. I'm, I'm grabbing <laughs> that. Like, yep. Things that I would never purchase right. I have so, included on my list. <laughs> so, okay, so let's just start it off. You want me to just run through my $5,000 imaginary budget here? Yes, and I will okay. tell you what I found for $5,000. Okay, so if I had or if I knew somebody or was recommending a $5,000 off-road vehicle with a $5,000 budget, I would direct them in the vein of a Jeep XJ, a Jeep TJ, any kind of forerunner that they can find, a Mitsubishi Montero, possibly a Samurai. You could steer them towards a Subaru Outback if they're not doing any real, like, hardcore off-road stuff. And then Crazy Wild Card is, I mean, I had an Isuzu Cross. I paid 3200 bucks or something like that for it. And they're pretty solid off-road vehicles. And it's, you know, on tandem to the Trooper because Troopers will you know, fight their way through pretty much anything. So all of those can be had easily for five grand. Uh, a TJ might be a four cylinder. It might be a little rough and a forerunner might be like a questionable, like second gen, but you'll still get it and you'll still have a good, capable, mostly reliable. And if not reliable, then easy to work on and easy to find parts for vehicle. That'll go most places you want it to go. So my, my first pick in this category was a 99 Forerunner Limited. Good. And and it's from a, a local shop that's known for doing mm-hmm. Toyota stuff. So it was like, all right, I, at least I know what I'm getting there. And it was it was like, well, I want to say it was only 2,500 bucks. Like it was 99's not, third gen. That's like good. Yeah. Like it was. Yeah. Those was, are quickly becoming like the freaking holy grail of Forerunners. Yeah. I know where one's for sale. (laughs) Fairly cheaply, too. Um, My second pick was was a 99 XJ. It's a two-door sport manual. Looked like it had... had, um, 4.0 with a a five-speed? Yeah, and it looked like it had, like, limited (laughs) um, wheels on it. So they they weren't quite... I think they were... I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember specifically what kind of wheels were on it. But. How did the rocker panels look? Were they there? Yeah, and it looked like it had been, like, the outside looked like it had been repainted. So I don't know if they were just doing it to hide the rust. Um, but the truck itself was 
was pretty good. I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna steal a picture from each ad. Do it because if you're really interested and you want to reach out to me, I'll start sending you guys links. But I don't oh, want to just post dude. a whole bunch of of Craigslist and Facebook links and uh, yeah, to like notes. stuff that's expired. <laughs> but, right, uh, that's just that's just terrible. Okay, two door, four wheel drive, four liter manual transmission XJ is like. Growing up in the 90s, that's like the holy grail of like normal Jeeps, you know, like of, of oh, hard top wow. Jeeps. So it's probably one of the good ones. Like <laughs> or all the shitty ones are gone. Like they're dead. Like, well, yeah, or they're just running on fucking fumes and, and like rust. Or it's about to die is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, seriously. This, this one looked really clean. Like it was, it looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then I had a couple of wild cards in this category. Ooh, let's do it. You gotta hold on. I gotta open my XJ link because it didn't open yet. I, mainly because I forgot the price point. <laughs> they wanted forty-eight fifty for it. Oh, that's. I mean, that's not bad. That's that's reasonable. And then shit, the, there's actually such a nice one over here. Ooh. The Forerunner. They only wanted twenty-four hundred bucks. That's. I mean, V6 <laughs> limited four-wheel drive, two hundred and fifty-eight thousand miles. Okay, I see it. Like it's the the miles are what you're running from there. I think. Uh, On a forerunner though, like an interesting color. But if it's a forerunner, you can rebuild a couple a couple things here and there, and it's back to normal. Yep my my two wild cards in this category, I found a 2002 Chevy Avalanche for five grand. Hell yeah! I had an 05 <laughs> Avalanche. Fuck yeah! Oh my god! It was. And it was the Z sixty six package. Yeah, that's a street package. That's bad. Yeah, I didn't even it's know what probably, that package was. I was just like, yeah, Z sixty six. That was like, so Z sixty six was supposed to be to street what Z seventy one was to off road. So it yeah. had like slightly different suspension. I think the Z sixty sixes were mostly two wheel drive, but uh, I pick a two wheel drive truck. Even so, yeah, even so. <laughs> Still, Even it, was so. a, it was an O2 Avalanche. I was definitely throwing it in there. Dude, dude there's tons of Avalanches be, like below the $5,000 limit. So this one, though, uh, has step bars where, uh, like, running boards. They are clearly showing rust. <laughs> That's bad. Are they the chrome ones? Yeah, they're chrome, black but they're also, black like, red. Oh, not good. They're, good you're, truck. You're immediately pulling those. Good truck. I miss my truck. I miss that. And funnily enough, uh, one of my best friends owns it now. It kind of got passed down through me to my brother to him. He bought it yeah. off my brother. And now it's like, you know, lightly modified and he just crossed 200,000 miles and it's like perfect. Like he cleaned it up so that it's like perfect. So my crazy wild card in this category, and you you might have to do some Googling. Ew, no. Is a 1976 Chevy Blazer Chalet. I mean, I know what a 76 Blazer is, but so this is a two-door 76 Blazer, and instead of the removable rear compartment, Hell fucking yeah, it has like an R. It's, it has like an in-bed camper, but it's just like onto the back of the truck. That might be the most 1970s thing that I've ever seen in my life. So the the Blazer was the chalet, and then the GMC Jimmy is the Sierra Grande? No. You know what's amazing? So many of these have the spare tire on the front. They like, all do. Like all, the, all the chalets and the, the 
whatever the GMC is. Why can't I think of it right now? Jimmy. Um, well, it's a Jimmy, but then it's like... Yeah, I can't think of it either. Um, there's a special name for it. It's not High Sierra? No. No, because that's like a... That was like a luxury... Um, so, Casa Grande? I don't know. I yeah, think, maybe I think it's Casa Grande. So, it's amazing because the Blazer had a removable roof like the Bronco. Yeah. So, in place of it, they just slotted on what looks like something they had probably designed for a like traditional pickup truck. And it looks like like most of the pictures I'm seeing the paint doesn't even match. Like the know. paint on the truck and the paint on the the motorhome part of it like aren't even the same. Well like or at least I, they faded and aren't I like that so, it, the the taillight turn signal reverse lights of the truck are still in the bed like are in the bedside. But mm-hmm. then with the camper installed they're blocked, so they have an additional taillight turn signal rear. <laughs> like that's so like, funny. You can still see from the side where the other yeah. light is. Like it's not, not only like, is it an additional turn signal taillight, it's the same one. <laughs> yeah, it's the exact same one, just like three feet farther back <laughs> attached to the motorhome piece. Oh my god! But dude, this thing with a three fifty and like a three inch lift would be though. you'd be like the king of of yeah. like bouncing a bow wow land. So there, there's like a. <laughs> There's something called like the relic run and I, everything has to be like, I think it's, it has to be in the seventies, but like even the equipment you bring is supposed to be of that era. So like your tent, um, your Coleman, like okay. all that crazy stuff. I've always wanted to see if like somebody showed up with one of these mm-hmm. because it'd be amazing. Like so it's I'm... cause it's like a full RV, but from the seventies and it's just yeah. attached to the back of a blazer. You know, it, it looks so incredibly well done that you could probably just update it a little bit and it would look like somebody built it like today, you know? Yeah. The one I'm looking at is pretty beat because they only want 2500 bucks for it. And these routinely, okay. if they're in nice shape, go go for like twenty grand. <laughs> yeah, you have to link to that. So, yeah. Okay, this, so that runs, out just... the, that runs out the $5,000 limit. So $10,000. Oh. What would so you this... come up with for ten? So ten thousand dollars buys a pretty good Land Cruiser, uh, you it know. Does. It, gets a, it gets a decent eighty. Um, it also gets basically your choice of H uh, three Hummers, which are surprisingly good, you know, for all the flack they get. It gets you a pretty decent FJ Cruiser. Um, you could probably wiggle your way into like a really, really, really beat fifth gen Forerunner from like two thousand ten with a questionable title. But you could also get a very good Frontier or Nissan Xterra. And I think this is kind of the Xterra's like prime spot for the used market right now. Because 25 grand, like the Xterra went out of production a few years ago. So 25 grand buys you like the last year, like 2000 mile Pro 4X. Everything else is below that. Everything else is under 20. But then if you get down to like 10, you can get like a 2010-ish you know, pro four X or, or not and get all the good equipment and all the good running gear and it's clean and, and under like 105,000 miles. And they take a lot of abuse. They are pretty established in the aftermarket and in terms of like availability of parts. And from what I've seen, they're good off road. 
so I think 10 grand is like prime spot for Xterra. Um, if nothing else, if no other reason more than you can get a much newer one than a Land Cruiser, but you can also $10,000 buy a uh, like cream of the crop fourth gen forerunner with the V6 or a pretty decent V8 fourth gen forerunner. Do I think like, you're buying a really nice V8? You can, but you'd be surprised. A lot of them with the V8 are like 15 for like under 75,000 miles, under 100,000 yeah. miles. Well, so you could like probably get one. Ours at 260 miles, thousand right. miles. So like it's not getting that. <laughs> right. But like a good one. So the forerunners, the driver's seat always tears. And then there's always a couple other, like um, a lot of the V8s have that X Rius system, you know, the hydraulic yeah. thing for the suspension. A lot of those are failing, but 10 grand buys like a pretty solid V8. So that's my $10,000. We bought ours for seven. Mm -hmm. And that was three years ago, Mm 40,000 miles ago kind of thing. Okay. And I, and I went to, I went up to Omaha to get it because everything around here, even non V8s were, was they were like 10 to 12 already. Right. And so, like, when I saw it for, I think he wanted, I think he wanted like seventy eight hundred for it, and I offered him, I think I offered seven flat, and we met somewhere in the middle, kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we freaking loved it. Like, <laughs> other than it's glitchy uh, AC issue, which I'm all forerunners about to get readdressed. Um, I'm fairly Bio certain it's the same va- evaporator core in the middle of the dash, which is going to hurt. It will. But it also means it'll last, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully another, another two hundred thousand miles. <laughs> you know what I did with mine when it died? Uh, I just recharged it and like bought one of the AutoZone kits and just you know pulled the kept the, recharging. Yeah, and it, it lasted like until I got rid of the truck. So the the issue for us is like the last time I with that that's how we got through last summer was recharging mm-hmm. it. And at one point I drove it and I was like, I'm pretty sure I can just smell the Freon in the cab right now. Like, that's, that's not great. That's that's not ideal. There's things yeah. that are less ideal, but that's yeah. really not ideal. That, that's definitely like high on the list of like, we need to address this. So, yeah. so uh, anyways, hopefully so in the next couple of weeks, I'm actually going to go take it to the Toyota yeah. and be like, fix it. Nice. <laughs> well, right in time for summer. Yes. So anyway, so let's hear your imaginary $10,000 spending my, my imaginary ten. so part of it part of it was not imaginary I immediately went right into the same place you kind of went into but I was able to find a hundred series nice oh really right at 10,000 how many miles oh god how many miles 204,000 that is really not that bad it's not terrible oh um, it's really when you got to think that's the the four seven, mm-hmm. um, so you're doing timing belt water pump every ninety thousand miles. So it either was just done twenty thousand miles ago. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think on the Land Cruisers it's every hundred, and the Sequoias it's every ninety. Okay. On the four sevens. Okay. Um, so hopefully the timing belt water pump was just done. So you should be set up to go for many many miles. Okay, um, and it, and I I like it. Um, I think Matt Fair refers to the color as Jewish racing gold. He does. 
and I think that's a solid critique, and that's exactly <laughs> the way this one looks. Yeah, Jewish racing gold's a pretty common Land Cruiser color. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty great. So, I mean, it is a 2005, which I think I think 2006 is where they jumped to the 200 series. Um, Stand by, keep going with your choices. I'll find. Yeah, I for whatever reason my Google earlier did not reveal that to me. So, my second choice uh, in this category. Um, was a little different than what we normally would have picked, but I found one that looked pretty clean, and um, I like the overall look of the truck itself, and it is a dark brown over tan, two-tone, 2008 F-250 Super Duty. Okay. Uh, oh, God, it, which engine? It's the 7.3. <sighs> no, wait. Hold on. Sigh. Also, it's 2008 for the... Yeah, 2008. 2008 uh, is, the, uh, is the 200 series. Oh, 2008? Okay. Uh, no, sorry. This is the 6.8 V10. Oh, okay. You're fine. So, yeah. It'll grenade, it, but you're fine. Yeah, it, it's, it's not terrible. But from what I know about trucks of this era is that the uh, drivers of Super Duties that live out in the country were generally... Uh, when I worked at the pickup truck uh, aftermarket company, they were always looking for additional lighting to the front of the truck. They were never happy with how bright their headlights were. Um, so it's just something to mm-hmm. think about there. But like, I could load everybody in this thing. Like it for sure. It's big. It even the back seat isn't huge as like modern crew cabs go, but like it's still pretty substantial. I mean. mm. Yeah, big trucks. So that was it. My third choice in this price point. Uh, it's definitely a little wonky because it was listed um, as a 1992 Chevy Avalanche, hmm. and and that's not a thing. So I am going to try and steal a picture of this thing real fast and drop it in the show notes. Is it a Suburban with the back chopped off? Oh, God, I wish it was. It is not. Also, it, just it remember, is... sorry to interrupt, but Jeep Commander in the five to $10,000 mm-hmm. range. Absolutely. Just saying. Um, this is a pile of horribleness, and so I'm just going to let you look at that Google Doc picture. Oh, boy. And Stand I by. can't even get it to fit. That's a motorhome. Yeah, it is. That is uh, not an avalanche. That is a motorhome with, I mean. Very 90s uh, radness yeah. attached to it. It is um, it's rad. Why can't I make it smaller? That's a question that you should not ask on the show. <laughs> Careful. It is, it is a situation I refine myself in repeatedly. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, I don't know what's going on with the Hawaiian Islands there. Like, just why is it listed as an avalanche? I didn't. I, I don't know. It's just one of those things I ran into today and was like, that's nuts. Maybe but the he, seller knows something about Avalanche buyers that we don't, and that's like the target audience. Maybe, but like the wallpaper inside of this RV is very late 80s, early 90s. Okay. The, the color of the oak wood, like just the the AC unit that looks like it's, or maybe it's just a fan. I don't know. It just Please send me the link to this thing. <laughs> it's it's all kinds of horrible, and I had to, I had to like it just because I was like, oh, yeah. man, that's just... That's definitely changing it up. But that um, brings up a good point because, like... There you go. It's you in know, the dock. A, uh, an RV like that will never be an off-roader, but in terms of, like, 
cross-country road tripping vehicles and overlanding, excuse me, and running like basic dirt track, like it's totally fine and good freaking God. Uh, I accidentally, I don't know what happened. It, it killed the ad for me. Oh, there we go. Um, okay. Yeah, there's a really questionable Hawaii, like, uh, so it's, yeah. it's it's a it's a long like full size RV with purple '90s graphics on the side and magenta, matching, I that yeah, magenta. matching matching magenta <laughs> interior. Yeah, I'd want nothing to do with a black light inside of that. Yeah, I would definitely huh. not want to do anything huh. that's not good. In there. Okay, I'm clear. I'm closing. <laughs> I can't do it. Okay, keep going. What else do you have? Uh, that was it. I only had okay. those three for my ten thousand dollar. Okay. Okay. Kind of as we got, I found a lot of things around five that I was like, "Ooh, I'll take one of those. I'll take one of those." But like <laughs> as we as we go up here, my options were just kind of like, "No, I don't know. Oh, oh, god, no. I'm not spending that on that." Well, twenty five is a good number because twenty five. It's well, it's a difficult number because it's like just below what you can get into a lot of new four by fours for. Not like top of the line four by fours, but like. You can get into a Tacoma or a Colorado or a Forerunner. Like an SR5 tundra. Yeah, for like 32. So 25 is a tough range. So 25 grand buys an amazing Jeep JK Rubicon, two-door or four-door. An amazing one. Like really, really, really prime Rubicon. Uh, auto, magnet, you know, whichever transmission and basically whichever roof and door configuration you want. It also gets a great 100 series. Great, great, great. I think it's a really nice 100 series. Great 100 series. Probably already like built, you know, to do anything you want it to do. Gets you into a good Tacoma, obviously. And you can get a Ford Raptor for $25,000. Yeah. And that's, I I did see some while I was at this price point kind of browsing (laughs) and used Raptors. They make me nervous because. Absolutely. What bro bought it and was like, I'm going to jump it. Like, oh, 100%. Because the first or second year Raptors that are in this price range are going to be the same people that bought it on the premise that you could jump it when they clearly state and videos clearly show it should not be jumped. <laughs> but that said, if you vet it and you do an inspection on it properly and you yeah. make sure there's nothing wrong with the frame or like the shock mounts, like it's a 5 4 ford v8 and like a ford pickup like it's a good off-road truck if you're not doing tight trails and a ton of truck for 25 grand i think it's still my one of my favorite top gear usa moments is tanner racing in the raptor against mm-hmm. some guy falling out of the sky or whatever i don't remember exactly yep. what it was I remember. but just tanner moving that thing through the desert at was it tanner I think it was. It must have been if it was somebody driving fast on Top Gear US. Well, like I think Chris Harris has done it too, but like uh, just like a best. just a Raptor like in the desert, just full throttle and just sideways. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it, the Raptor really did like open up a new world of factory off road vehicles. Mm-hmm. So that's my twenty five thousand dollar. You know, Ford thought. sold every one that they built, right? Like they don't. Oh. Yeah, I don't think they can build them fast enough in the first few years. And then they went to the 6.2 and they made it even better. Yeah. And then they went to the, oh God, then they went to the EcoBoost and they made every part of the truck better except the way it sounds. 
So my my uncle bought one of the EcoBoost Raptors for a little bit, and he got rid of it to make room for something sleek, newly mid-engined, uh, and Does GM. Start with a C and rhyme with Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> wow, that's talk about uh, polar opposites. So, what do you have for this? And I'm I'm fairly sure he just sent me a. I sent him a Land Cruiser to look at today for sale as I was browsing all of this stuff. Uh, and he just sent me a Hennessy Performance link back. I haven't clicked it yet, but I know it's going to be perfect. <laughs> oh, I, I know Vinny Russo was talking about driving a twin turbo C8, so I'm sure it's out there. Hopefully, that's what it is. So, in my category here, I had something listed that you had listed in the ten thousand dollar range, but I was able to find a two thousand nine Hummer H three T. Cool. Alpha? Do what? Is it an Alpha? A V8? Oh, man. I. That's a great question. I didn't read. To be because, honest, I saw it in the ad, and I was like, that yeah. one. <laughs> Fair. Because So the H3Ts are getting difficult to find and pricey to find. So it is an Alpha, too. Nice. Yeah, most of them were the five-cylinder, and then they built the Alpha, and that was available on the H3 and the H3T, and that was the... You know the standard, um, the the five three V eight with the four speed, and so yeah, the question from afar, tough. not having seen this ad, does it have the crazy slant back roof? No. But you remember what I'm talking about, right? Yes, I think. Okay. No, just as a regular uh, roof line, it's got uh, Cooper Discover ATs on it. Like, it's. It looks like it's ready to go. Somebody's put some LED lights on the front, too. Cool trucks. Like, even to this day, cool trucks. The interior's a little weird. It's like a like a red fake maple wood type thing. Like, eh? yeah, I'm not super fan of that. And the climate control is weird, but it, it does have a four high, four high locked button for low locked button. Mm-hmm. So the thing about if you want a Jeep Rubi- uh, Gladiator Rubicon for, you know, $55,000, the H3T has the same proportions. Yeah. And <laughs> this this one is $18,995. That's pretty solid. So, just saying. It's only got 156,000 miles. That's not bad. Not bad at all. Okay, uh, so my second selection in this category, uh, I was able to find a 2016 Toyota Tundra uh, Crew Max, mm-hmm. the, the bigger crew cab, but it it said SR5, but it says TSS off the road. Okay, that's made up. <laughs> yeah, well, it has TSS off road on the. The side of the bed just looks like it's a Toyota decal, mm. but I'm not sure what that package means. I mean, need any anybody can make a decal if they want. But for the size of the truck, that second row, and it's the 5.7 V8, that second row <laughs> of the crew cab and the crew max is massive. Oh, it's a ton of room. You can live back there. <laughs> yeah. Um can't promise you'd want to, but you could. Yeah, it was just as I was as I was browsing, there weren't there weren't a ton of options available to me 
locally. Mm-hmm. Um, that H3 Hummer was a little different, and then this thing just kind of stood out as an overall solid truck. Right. And it's only got 116,000 miles. Not bad. Not bad. All right, so let's do 50 and then the following ones quickly as I am running out of steam really quick. My, my funny, my favorite part about this is like as I'm now browsing what you've listed, because I didn't really glance at what you listed before I went shopping. <laughs> um, we're, we're very similar in a lot of these. Yeah, I mean, good choices are good choices. So, yeah. All right, so 50,000 imaginary dollars. You walk into a dealership and want to buy a good off-road vehicle. Uh, rank the Rubicon, duh. Yep. Two doors or four doors, basically, with any amount of equipment equipment you want. And Well, not so much, because you could option one into the 60s, but Rubicon's like a no-brainer. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, ZR2, Colorado, ton of mm-hmm. off-road capability. And then TRD Pro, Tacoma or 4Runner, obviously, or... You could probably even get into a TRD Pro Tundra. Yeah, for that much. And then finally, probably overlooked, but for if you don't need to do any super technical terrain and want like a good highway cruiser, but also the ability to do some off-roading, Grand Cherokee Trailhawk, overlooked. Not that it adds any like real dedicated hardware over a normal Grand Cherokee, but... It has red tow hooks. It has red tow hooks. <laughs> it always go goes back, back to that. I still go back to the dude <laughs> running his Grand Cherokee at Camp Jeep, being shocked that he had bashed in the, the rocker panel on a rock. I was like, I didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> I was like, your company truck, dude. Why are you here? Like, go yeah. home. So that's, so, my, that's my 50 Gs. My uh, 100% right on par with you. I found a 2018 Chevy Colorado ZR2 um, for... Drum roll, please. And it's loading $30,360. Okay. And it you can looks, get a diesel. Yeah, it looks like it belongs in a Halo movie. It's like military olive green, nice. matte, with black everywhere, and like the weird thing from the bed to the rear of the cab. The avalanche like wannabe thing. Yes. They have a spare tire mounted in the middle of the bed up near the Factory cab. Factory option. Yeah, like it's it's the ZR2. Like we went big time here. Um, it's hard to find pictures that don't have dealership stuff yeah, all over. Okay, what else you got? Um, so that was the ZR2, and then the next one. This was kind of a wild card for me because this is not normally my choice. Um, it wouldn't be the the path I would have headed down, but I found a 2018 Chevy Silverado 2500 Crew Cab four wheel drive. It's already got the lift on it, and it's a diesel. Good. So Good. big, big ass black truck. Yeah. Uh, everything's blacked out. Aftermarket wheels. Um, it it would be my murder truck is is what it would be. <laughs> um, but I I would probably downsize the wheels, put some more rubber on it, and go have fun with it. But um, it doesn't say which diesel. Six point six turbo diesel Duramax. I'm I'm assuming that's what it is. That's the only diesel you can get in those trucks. Yep, I'm fairly okay. And then my wild card in this category, and I will drop you a link here momentarily. Uh, I at, when I got to this price point, I started to play around 
on Expedition Portal a little more, mm. and I was able to find a 2001 Ford E350 4x4 ambulance. Hell yeah. Uh, and they wanted, what's our category right now? Are we at 50? 50. Oh, fuck. I put this in the wrong category. <laughs> <laughs> that's this all truck, right. It's Canadian. They, you, could, uh, you could get it for that much USD. <laughs> and maybe that's what I'm seeing because it's listed for 69. And I think that's pretty close to 50. It's close enough. Um, that thing actually has some good articulation. Yeah, it's got, it's got a little flex in it. Um, it's got a, lo- a little... Yeah, it's, it's got the pop top on it, too. And 100% it has um, Ford Expedition EL middle row seats installed mm-hmm. in the rear compartment area to create two more safety belt seats. <laughs> yeah, and it's got like an actual toilet. And a yeah, like it's, it's got a little bog in it. Okay, um, that thing's killer. It's got the, the, two, the two front seats swivel. There's a bed in the back. Some sweet... Uh, off-road wheels i can't i'd explore canada in this 100 yeah and it i don't know if they're ko's or ko2s they're twos yeah um i can't tell the bottom of that picture there looks like there's a little bulge in that sidewall (laughs) but it could just be a scuff um but this one is a 7.3 power stroke for sure um yeah yeah it's a little different definitely it's 368,000 miles on it already. Yeah, but it's an ambulance. They build those things that so they can basically live forever. Yeah, and it's a diesel. Like it, It's probably going to keep going. So, Good choice. I like that. So just to keep things moving, the $100 second $100. to last. $100. <laughs> yeah, $100, $100 times that. a factor of a, of a lot. Okay, so hundred grand if you walk into a dealership. It's got to be either a Land Cruiser Heritage Edition, as we discussed earlier, and then you add $10,000 worth of equipment and take the $500 roof rack and throw it in the garbage. Or you could get either a Wrangler Rubicon Unlimited or a Tacoma or Forerunner TRD Pro and a killer off-road trailer, yeah, like a $20,000 like Patriot trailer or something. Mm-hmm. That's... That's all I got for this one. So I kind of went similar. Uh, I, I kind of jumped ahead to your next category. And mm-hmm. again, spent a lot of time on ex, uh, Expedition. <laughs> yeah. I found a 2016 Mercedes third V6 diesel 4x4 sportsmobile. So it has the pop top penthouse bed up top yep. for 70 Gs. Okay. So sportsmobile. So the next category was money is no option. Like, Fuck it all. You got all the money in the world. Sportsmobile was in there for me. Yeah. So you found one for 70, so that's that's a good find. I found one for 70. It's used, uh, and it was listed on Sportsmobile's <laughs> West website. My second thing here, and I'm just kind of like browsing their Instagram right now to see if I can find one I can share. Um, any E-Series RV that you can find to send a U-Joint off-road for them to do the 4x4 conversion oh, underneath. I forgot about U-Joint. Okay. Yeah, and they have some sweet rigs that they have put four by four conversions underneath. Yep, and the same goes for go. Earth Roamer. Earth Roamer too, just to round it out. Money, See? no option. You got five hundred. Oh yeah, you're grand. jumping ahead. To- you got seven hundred and fifty grand. You got, you know, like a house, good, nice, expensive house money. Yeah, 
that's where I'm going. Also, your audio has completely broken up, so that might what? be it. Now you're there. No. I lost you for about eight seconds completely. <laughs> I didn't really say anything for eight seconds. So, uh, um, my entrant into the money is no option is a global expedition vehicle. I'm giving you the link yeah. into the Google Doc right now. Now, the best thing about these trucks is the you're basically buying the box on the back and the chassis that you put underneath it is your choice. And because money is no option, I went with the Safari Extreme box. Mm -hmm. um, it's fantastic. I don't have to take the kids. This is my truck. But <laughs> because of that, I chose the Unimog U5000 Crew Cab Ooh. and then put this box on the back of that. Oh, um, yeah, that's the, good. The one that's on their uh, website, I think, is an international. That's good. Okay. Um, that's that's really really good. That might yeah, be those. That might be it. I can spend a lot of time on the GXV. <sighs> that's mainly, really good. mainly or like just the the changes to the the way the boxes like extend. Right. You know what else like you, you can, can do go. though. If you have yeah. like as as what they call fuck you money, yeah, you could do an icon. You could do an icon FJ with an LS. Yep. And and then just you know have a tow behind trailer, and that's it. Yep. Absolutely. And that's I all just, I got. I like these boxes because they do the like, I'm gonna raise up now, and you go from having no space to a New York apartment in the back <laughs> of your truck, like. More than one. Yeah. I'm looking yeah. at one of those things based on like an international. It's like stupid. Is that the UXV? Yes. It has a dining area, a bed area, a washroom, and a kitchen. Yeah. Which so that, is that's more like than the most Earth New York variant. <laughs> yeah. So and my favorite part is they all have the pass through to the cab, and right. that pass through is lockable. So yeah, somebody nice. might get into your truck, but you can lock it from the inside of the RV section. Right. Oh, that's awesome. There's a washing machine in this thing, like a, an actual large. Yeah, well, machine. it's meant to be in like you drive around the world. You don't need a hotel. You don't need a laundromat. Like it, it completely takes the place of that. Yeah, I know. It's really and great. again, you need fuck you money to do any of that. So, f you guys, I'm out. Yeah. All right. Speaking we of. Are out for tonight are, as it is it. oh uh, i did actually have a uh, an off-road hack i say we save it I... oh it's it's super quick okay winch before lockers buy the winch uh, before you buy the lockers lockers will get you into more yes. trouble a winch can at least get you out of trouble 100 percent. yeah yeah anybody who's okay. thinking no i need lockers def and that being said like all of this before light bars yeah, don't. Winch, lockers, light bars. Winch, lockers, skids, light bars. No, winch, winch skids, lockers, skids, light lockers. bars. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Uh, which I uh, was under, I was on the ground doing, I was painting, uh, doing some painting in the garage for some furniture. I've really painted a lot lately. <laughs> but um, I noticed that the Sequoia has a skid plate on the front. I hadn't noticed nice. that before. So cool. that was nice to know. So. Uh, Raider review us on iTunes. We rambled a lot tonight. We apologize oh, yeah. for that. So you can follow uh, what we write on Hooniverse.com. I wrote an article about a 1975 GMC motorhome nice. that is also a car carrier today. 
Killer. And I will have a... Go ahead. Rear clamshell opens. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I want that. Race car hauler. Yeah. Yeah, Just and I'll have, a, uh, I'll have a Land Cruiser review up for the following week, I hope. And I will share it soon. Um, you can follow Hooniverse on the Hooniverse on Twitter, the real Hooniverse on Instagram. I am at Overlanding Dad on Twitter and Instagram. I'm still just Instagram. No, not like the one from Friends, forever and always. He, he does have a Twitter account. I've tagged it before, but it's up to you to be able to find it. It's not hard. I, <laughs> yeah, I haven't logged in since I made that account. Anyways. Yeah. Guess what? You got some notifications waiting for you. Oh, um, you can okay. follow the show off the road again on Twitter and off the road again podcast on Instagram. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Hopefully this will all get better in the coming months as we can finally go out again and camp yes. again. And if and anybody's play listening, with our test vehicles and let us know what you think for all of those subcategories. Yeah. Also, if you want any of these links, please let me know. <laughs> I 100% forward them to you. Okay. Sweet. That's it. All right. That's it. And stop.